This is the Sam Avila Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. Bon Casey hanging out here with me this afternoon. You can find him on Twitter at Vonk252, V-O-N-K-252. You can find me at Sam Avalos. Vaughn? Yes, sir. Um, we talked a little bit yesterday about the, the coaching carousel and Houston Texans' job is bad. Eagles' job apparently is bad. Looks like it. But I saw that the Pittsburgh Steelers have brought in and interviewed Hugh Jackson for the offensive coordinator position. Hmm. <laughs> how do you how do you interpret Hugh Jackson? Uh, I mean, because I mean they do retreads all over the place, but Hugh Jackson is one of those guys to me. It's it's like him and Marvin Lewis that there's just such a stink coming off of them for their times uh, with their different teams in Ohio mm-hmm. that it's like they're just done forever. Hugh Jackson, I just always called him the milk dud. Dude looks like a milk dud. I just don't understand. For offensive coordinator? Get closer to that microphone, man. Come on. <laughs> For offensive coordinator, I. that's just confusing because the problem with Pittsburgh was never the – it didn't look like the offense was the problem. It looked like they couldn't really throw the ball downfield because Big Ben couldn't throw the ball <laughs> downfield anymore. I mean – Hey, am I missing something? Why? Well, they just have a vacancy. You know, they got to fill. And then they're like, "Let's go, Hugh Jackson." <laughs> Let's go get Hugh Jackson, who has such a track record of leading dynamic offenses. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, you know, maybe maybe they know something we don't. <laughs> I always assume that maybe that it'll work out. But if Hugh Jackson leads the number one ranked offense in the league next year, I won't know what to do. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think Big Ben has kind of said that he might come back for one more year. He hasn't completely ruled out the idea of returning for maybe one more season. Mm-hmm. If I was Pittsburgh, I would want him back because I don't know what your other options are. And you look at that offense, you know, if James Conner comes back, that defense is still above average. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say incredible, but – between Deontay Johnson and James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster, like they've got the weapons there. They do. But if they sub out from Big Ben and they turn to Mason Rudolph, or you know maybe they look to the draft, or you know I've heard his their name talked about with Deshaun Watson potentially, or Dwayne Haskins, who they're bringing in to uh, <laughs> just telling you what the moves of this org. That's a what's going on in that organization. Well, I mean, I, I think you got to give them credit for their track record. I mean, they do have, you know, tied for the most championships yeah, <laughs> ever. They're, they're doing great. <laughs> yeah. So why would you go, let's go get Hugh Jackson to lead our offense of the future and the guy who might be leading our offense of the future is say Big Ben decides not to come back in the offseason would be a toss-up between Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> I don't think anybody – because, I mean, the Panthers brought in Dwayne Haskins a couple weeks ago. That's true. Um, I don't think anybody's bringing in Dwayne Haskins to be the starter. I no. think it's it, – he's a very valuable backup. I mean, Dwayne yeah. Haskins kind of got a bad rap in he did, Washington. He, got, I mean, he got a really bad rap in Washington. I mean, the dude came in and what? It was um, uh, Jay Gruden mm-hmm. was the coach. And Jay Gruden didn't want him. Daniel Snyder is the one that wanted him. Mm-hmm. And so Jay Gruden was forced to take a quarterback that he didn't want. And then he gets fired, and Dwayne Haskins gets thrust into the starting role. And he has to deal with Bill Callahan 
as his coach for the back half of last season. And then this year, a new coach comes in in Ron Rivera, who, again, another guy from Jump Street, said, I'm going to bring Kyle Allen with me from Carolina because I would rather play Kyle Allen than Dwayne Haskins. But not that Dwayne Haskins ever set the world on fire, but he's never had a, a fair shake or an opportunity. No. Dwayne Haskins feels like one of those guys, and I can't believe I would ever say this, but he feels like he could be one of those guys that, on a fresh restart, on a team that actually wants him and is interested in him, could actually put something together. He could. 50 touchdowns in college. Um, that doesn't happen by accident. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't accidentally throw any of those touchdowns, so I, I assume he could make something happen. If, if Maybe if you're right, if he got with a team that – Seems like it was going in the right direction, but all of those teams have better options. All of the teams that are look like they're trending upwards, they're all trying to cash on Deshaun Watson sweepstakes right now, and all, a lot of them will lose. All of them, but one will lose. But then again, there are other options in the draft they might turn to before going with Haskins. We, I will, guess, we'll just have to see. I don't know. I just don't know from Pittsburgh's perspective if having two backup quarterbacks or three backup quarterbacks who you really don't want on the field is is where you go is where you go right now. Right. Yeah, that's uh it's always interesting to see a team have to restart. But you mentioned Deshaun Watson and he has been the focal point of NFL conversations that aren't directly related to playoff conversations. We will get to some playoff conversations a little bit later today. If it sounds like we've been obsessed with Deshaun Watson on this show over the last three weeks, well, quite simply, it's because we are. Mm -hmm. And every NFL team that even has the slightest question mark at quarterback is weighing their options for Deshaun Watson. We talked about this on Wednesday's show. The Carolina Panthers announced this week that they are hiring Sean Ryan, who is a uh, he's a former quarterbacks coach in Detroit, where he coached Matt Stafford. He is also a former quarterbacks coach in Houston, mm -hmm. where interestingly enough, he coached Deshaun Watson. I want to get into a little bit more about Watson at maybe a little bit later in this this conversation here. Everybody wants Deshaun Watson. We talked about Dan Campbell yesterday, the new coach in Detroit. It sounds like Detroit is going to kind of hit a little bit of a reset button. There is a possibility that Matt Stafford is going to be on his way out of town. Mm -hmm. I know Matt Stafford supporters have often cried out, free Matt Stafford, because Detroit has kind of ruined what has been a remarkable career. I mean, the dude is legitimately on pace to break almost every quarterback record. Yeah. He I'm probably will own those records at some point until Patrick Mahomes catches him. <laughs> they're, they're it's kind of a Detroit staple is to ruin a promising career. <laughs> yeah. And it's not anything to do with any of the people they bring in. It's the organization. So I don't know how you how you escape that. But Matt Stafford, like you said, he's one of those guys, when you think about a team that's going five and six, but, you know, like, well, Matt Stafford's having a good year. You don't really think about it until you see the end-of-year stats where he's falling around like five or six in the league for passing yards or seventh for touchdowns or, or something like that. He's usually pretty good. Yeah. He just plays for the Lions. And, I mean, and you look at it like this year, his best receiver was Marvin Jones, and his second best receiver was Marvin Hall. Dude's out there throwing touchdown passes to dudes named Marvin. Yeah. Okay? Like, there aren't a whole lot of Marvins who are real successful in the NFL. Um, so if I tell you as a Panthers fan, Put yourself in Panthers fans' shoes for a minute. 
Okay. Because Deshaun Watson is going to be expensive. I was reading a report yesterday that there is pretty much a consensus from general managers around the NFL that it is going to take at least three first-round picks to wrestle Deshaun Watson away from Houston. Mm-hmm. Because Deshaun Watson, in the NFL, players don't have the leverage. They don't have – they can make it as messy as they want, but – at the end of the day, the NFL teams have the leverage over the players. It's not quite like the NBA. The NFL is an owner's league. The NBA is a player's league. So Deshaun Watson is at the mercy of the Texans. They don't have to do anything to satisfy him. So he's got an expensive price tag. If you're the Carolina Panthers, and I dangled the idea in front of you that you could get Matt Stafford for cheap, maybe a first-round pick, not three first-round picks, would you take Matt Stafford and be more willing to suck it up and deal with him for the next couple of years instead of Teddy Bridgewater? And the silver lining there, the other opportunity there is draft a young quarterback. Mm. Have him learn under Stafford and then let that new guy take the reins from Stafford in a year or two. Go back to the old model of the NFL, NFL where you have the vet, you draft the young guy, he learns for a couple of years. Like what we're seeing with the Packers, with uh, Love underneath Rodgers right right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Their contracts sync up in a weird way. They that do. See, yeah. I never understand. Con- how, their how their they contracts expire at the exact same time. <laughs> I never understand how they messed that one up. But <laughs> it depends on what Panthers fans – it's not going to come down to what the fans want. I'm sorry, fans. It never comes down to what the fans want. It's never once come down to what the fans want. Right. But – if you if you look like you're trending upwards as a team, maybe the best way to test out what you have is to put somebody who is a good vet behind the wheel and see, okay, what do we have if we could get something close to this? Like, it could be a tester year where you're like, let's see, Matthew Stafford still has a little bit of tread on the tires. Mm-hmm. We can sign him for... That's the thing. How long do you want to invest in Matt, Matt Stafford? Let's see. That's how old is Matt Stafford now? What do you say? Like maybe 34 years old? Yeah. I don't know if he's over 35. He's 32. Know. He's only 32 years old. Yeah. 32 years old this season through for 4,084 yards, 26 touchdowns, 10 picks. That's impressive. Yeah, I, I would take the chance. And he's on a shortened contract too, so uh, – hmm. The interesting, the Lions actually have an out with him. They have a team option where they can cancel the rest of this contract this year, and it would only be a $19 million dead caps hit for them. And if he came to the Panthers, uh, the cap hit for the next two years, $33 million next year, $26 million uh, the final season of his contract. So that would be a two-year contract that you would be inheriting. Obviously, you could restructure that, but two years, $56 million for Matt Stafford. Sounds big. That's really not that high of a price tag. That's actually fairly cheap for a pretty competent quarterback. You get him for two years. I could, I could see that working. I just don't want to give up that number eight spot that they have this year. This year, I, I would not want to give that up. I think that they could make the case. Um, Matt Stafford hasn't been injured a lot, mm-hmm. but they could make the case that look, y'all had him for, for all of these years, and we're trying to win, and y'all haven't done a lot of winning there. You can try if it, since it's a since it's not a players league in the NFL, you can try to devalue some of the pieces they're trying to move to you. That that works a lot in tra- trade negotiations in the NFL, but 
it seems it it just seems like the Panthers are in a in a building mold, and I wouldn't want to get used to having a guy who you might not be able to build with for the longest amount of time. So you seem pretty adamant on not wanting to give up that number eight pick, mm-hmm. and and I get that. Like I, I understand, and I talked about earlier this week before you were in here that it's something to consider if you're the Carolina Panthers as sexy as Deshaun Watson would be. And as quickly as we would turn and say, okay, we got Deshaun Watson, we made the deal, Carolina does not have a first-round draft pick for the next three years. Yeah, I would very quickly get up here and say that that was the right move <laughs> on the on the yeah. other side. Of yeah, it. Yeah. If it happened, we could spin that positively. Mm-hmm. But sitting where we are today, as much as I would love Deshaun Watson, I do think I would be, I'm like you, I would be much more satisfied I don't. I don't know. I'm real on the fence. What do you think? I'm. I'm really starting to shift my pendulum back over to the side of. Well, you know what? Let's hang on to our our assets here. You look at Carolina's draft history over the last couple of years. It's been pretty decent. They've been hitting. They've been hitting all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, they have. And if you're a team that's not in a position to take advantage of the draft, moving draft choices isn't <laughs> you know isn't the worst thing in the world. But. At number eight in this draft, mm-hmm. in particular, it we always say that you know you never know what'll happen in the draft. You never know what'll happen with a player. But there, there's just some th- players in this draft that could make this team like elite, like the very quickly. And yeah, like, like a year or two. In a, yeah, because the, we always talk about timelines mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you got this group of players and they're all kind of aging the same, and the contracts all sync up about the same. Carolina is, I mean, what would you say, like a superstar? No, it doesn't have to be a superstar quarterback, just a quarterback that's not Teddy Bridgewater and maybe one extra piece in that secondary. Yeah. And you go from a five-win team this year to a nine-win team, maybe a ten-win team, depending on uh, whatever the the attrition is in the NFC South quarterback-wise on those other teams because – there's potential that all three other teams in the NFC South have a new quarterback next year. Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Drew Brees could, in theory, all be gone from this division by the start of next year. Which, if the NFC South runs out of quarterbacks, I mean, you could guarantee yourself eight wins because the Panthers were used to just getting beat up because everybody had a better quarterback than them. Uh in the one year where they had the best quarterback in the NFC South, we saw what they did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, undefeated up until week 17 when Cam didn't play. Yeah. And then a run to the Super Bowl where Cam also didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically. <right. laughs> it's, it's, it's a real tough decision. If, if it's me, I'm, I don't want to be, I just want to see how likely it is that I can get Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be too eager about, like I don't want to put everything out there at once, and people are like, "Oh, they're willing to give that up." Like they're willing, <laughs> they're willing to give that much up for Deshaun Watson. Let's see if we can get a little bit, a little bit more for them. Just, I don't want to mortgage off a team with such a bright future that could just add to that bright future when you have that that number eight pick, because you feel this, like that would be this, setting a bad example. Like if so, yeah. brand new general manager, first time as a general manager. I mean, he's been the. Uh, not even just an assistant general manager. He was a co-assistant general manager. Mm-hmm. But Scott Fitterer, you sort of almost think like it'd be a bad precedent to set for him if he came in and his first act as general manager is 
here, take Jeremy Chin and take my three first-round picks. You can have whatever you want. I'll just lay over and die if you'll give me Deshaun Watson back. Yeah, a couple of those players and pieces have to be unmovable. Mm-hmm. Like Jeremy Chin has to be has to be unmovable. Right. Like it doesn't mean he'll turn into the greatest player of all time or anything like that. But you can build around. I think he's going to turn Jeremy into Chin. the greatest player of all time. If he does, I mean, <laughs> we were early on it yeah. <laughs> because he looked good when we were talking about him in the offseason. Right. But. I'm only thinking about what you could do if a player starts to slip mm-hmm. on draft night. And you don't need them to slip far. You're eight. Right. Like, and there, would, there's four they, quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah. And the way things are trending, dude, Justin Fields could be available at eight. He, he could. Like, there's, they're talking about Zach Wilson going ahead of Justin Fields now in these mock drafts that I'm looking at. You don't know what those other teams – we only know what one team is thinking right now. The Jaguars are going to go get Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. That's what we know. The other teams are just out there, and if other teams choose to, if the other six teams in between choose to address some needs uh, before getting the best player available, who like this might be unlikely, but who knows? Devontae Smith might slip up and, and end up at number eight. Like we 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 just really don't. Oh gosh, don't get my hopes. Up. We, <laughs> yeah. we, th- that's that might it probably is unlikely, but you just don't know what people are thinking when it comes to the draft. Like they might be like. We don't know where Waddle's gonna go, right? Because of the injury. We, if you're if you're really p- trying to play a long game here, with uh, in Carolina. Yeah, it's just background ad. Okay. <laughs> if you're it, it, bit of a clogging problem, I'm sick of that commercial. What's <laughs> funny with first kids are good about. cloggers. They are though, yeah. really talented. <laughs> Sorry. You, you just don't know what the first. You don't know if you're willing to wait. Mm-hmm. Who knows what Waddle could turn into if you give him a year, a year off? You, I mean, there's so many options available. I don't want to get to draft night. Something happens. The Texans now have Devontae Smith or one of those elite players on their team because other teams were like, "Let's go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback." Yeah, you, you just don't know. So the uh, I've got a mock draft here. This is the most recent one that was released on Thursday for CBS Sports. Uh, Trevor Lawrence going number one. And this has actually gained some traction in the last 24 hours. I think most notably because um, Richard Sherman went on somebody's podcast. I can't remember who it was. It might have been like Rich Eisen or I don't know, one of those guys. But anyways, they were asking him about the Sean Watson situation. And Richard Sherman said he should get out of there and he should do his best to force a trade to the New York Jets. Um, And the big reason there is because – the new coach of the Jets is Rob Sala, and Rob Sala is one of these guys who is – he's basically been hired on his ability to coach defenses, but more importantly his ability to relate to players and bring a locker room together. That was what sort of uh, had him ascend to stardom in San Francisco was his ability to come in and all of a sudden he takes this defense in this locker room and he bridges the gap between you know guys who don't see eye to eye and all that stuff. Now he's in New York. Deshaun Watson has cited some of the reason he wants out of Houston is not just because of the football moves, but the off-the-field stuff and, mm-hmm. and the ownership and their political views and their views with the Black Lives Matters movement this offseason. Like, it's bigger than just on the field for mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. He's been pretty, uh, pretty outspoken about that. So this mock draft has that number two pick being traded to Houston in exchange for Deshaun Watson. I don't know if I would want to go to New York – but if you're telling me it's a coach that I like and 
you promise me you can get some pieces around me, maybe we'll have a different conversation. So they've got Houston taking Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback. This, this is the type of nonsense I'm talking about. It's a, some crazy stuff can this happen. Is, this is and, exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. And then interestingly, after that, it's um, they have Jamar Chase going ahead of Devontae Smith. That's, it could be possible. Could 100% be possible. To Miami. Uh, Justin Fields at number four to Atlanta. So there's Matt Ryan potentially getting shipped out of town like we were talking about. Um, the big O-lineman from Oregon going five. Devontae Smith at six, six to Philly. Jalen Waddle, your other receiver you're talking about. I mean, that's three wide receivers inside the top seven. I don't see Waddle. I, I know how good J- Waddle is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was supposed to be Devontae Smith this year. And he is every bit as good as Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just think about how scary Alabama really would have been if both of them were on the field. But that image of him limping off the field, I feel like will hurt his draft stock a little bit. He could get – Forgotten until the teens or yeah. early tens. Yeah, because he'll still be a first rounder. I think it's he should just be. How, how much concern do you have for a lingering injury? Who needs a wide receiver immediately? I don't think you're going to go with Waddle, who's probably going to need to sit out a bit. Right. Um, and then the Panthers at eight. This draft has Kyle Pitts, the big tight end for Florida. Even who that man. last week I called him the best pass catcher in college football. Yeah, Devontae Smith included. He, even there. You're getting an all-star. That's why I don't. Oh, he's a stud. Why do you want to give up this pick when you don't know who's falling? If the Texans are able to make a move and end up with a couple of first-round picks, mm-hmm. this draft could be a, somewhat of a turning point for the Texans. Like Deshaun Watson seems like he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, he's, he's gone. It's not a way. matter of if; it's a matter of when, and it's which yeah. team is going to be the most desperate that makes the move. We will. When I think we'll know a lot more about draft positions and who's going to get taken when Deshaun Watson leaves. You remember how we, we were talking about Giannis this all, uh, a while ago when he was still a trade piece? Mm-hmm. We were like, wherever he goes, it's a domino situation. We'll see a bunch of things fall. He didn't go anywhere, but it seems like Deshaun Watson in this situation is a domino piece. Like He's holding up the rest of the plans in the NFL. When he fall, when he chooses to go where he where he wants to go and the Texans admit that they messed up, the first four years of his career with <laughs> right. incompetence. Uh, we're going to see a lot of other teams adjust accordingly so. And if all those quarterbacks in NFC South choose to evacuate, <laughs> like if, if Brady chooses, uh, Brady's probably going to come back. Brady has one more year left yeah. on his deal. Brady's um, probably coming back for Brees that. Brady yeah. does not, but you, you would imagine they could make something work. I'm not sure what Matt Ryan's contract situation is like, but that just feels like it's played itself out. Yeah, I don't think Matt, I don't think Matt Ryan will probably start for the Falcons next year. If he does, it'll probably be his last year there. Mm-hmm. But there, there are a lot of pieces that are going to fall as soon as Deshaun Watson goes somewhere, and teams are going to be scrambling to make moves to get in those first ten picks. Right, and if. But if you're if you're the general manager now, I don't want to give up that first round, that eighth pick for a player. But if you're the general manager for the Panthers, would you take a like a team's second, third, and fourth round picks for that first round pick? Well, that's that's a, a thing that Scott Fitterer is known to do. Mm-hmm. He did that a lot in Seattle, and, and we kind of talked about that when he was hired. Is if if it plays out in a situation like this where you didn't you didn't get Deshaun Watson. You weren't the team that was desperate enough. You didn't make it happen fast enough. And then the three – because, man, that Trey Lance kid or whatever his name is from North Dakota State, 
as an Eagles fan, I'm still dealing with some North Dakota State trauma in Carson Wentz. <laughs> I just don't know if I want to go down that that FBS or FCS route with a with a number eight overall pick. If I look out there and Fields is gone, Wilson's gone, Justin Field and uh, Trevor Lawrence is gone, obviously, and I missed out on Deshaun Watson. And you're telling me I can have a superstar, a guy who day one contributor at the tight end position, a position that Carolina needs help at from a pass catching standpoint. Because you talked about your love for Ian Thomas as a as a blocker, uh, blocker last week. Are you willing to just ride it out with Teddy Bridgewater? Do you want to take a shot on a guy like Pitts so high, or do you do you want to stockpile some more picks and take some swings on some other guys that maybe you know relatively unknown, but you trust the the coaching staff and the recruiters the, or excuse me the scouts and all that to give you the best shot we'll say that well because how this valuable is that number eight pick a- after it, after those quarterbacks are gone you know how how valuable to another team is a guy like but kyle pitts what what do you actually think you're going to get back there that's what i'm saying but we i don't know which teams are going to take quarterbacks because i don't know who's going to win a couple of these quarterback lotteries yet <laughs> right so yeah that number eight pick looks really valuable right now because Wherever Deshaun Watson goes, that's a team that needs to go try to get Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Another team has to go try to get Matt Ryan. Like they teams are going to have to address their quarterback issues or Sam Darnold potentially. Yes, yeah, you know whoever makes a move because Deshaun Watson is replacing. There's is I mean outside of Patrick Mahomes, is there a quarterback in the is there a team in the NFL who wouldn't replace their current quarterback with Deshaun Watson outside of you know like. Joe Burrow or some of these rookies, Justin Herbert, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is there an established quarterback that a team wouldn't say, "Bro, it's been real," but like we're getting Deshaun Watson instead? Other than like, other than the Ravens, and I think the Cowboys now. Cowboys maybe yeah. Ravens, uh, yeah, Bills, uh, Bills, like these yeah. real competitive teams. But I would think San Francisco would make that move. Minnesota, New England, uh, Oakland. Washington, yeah. like there's a ton of teams that would gladly kick their entrenched starter out of the way and bring in Deshaun Watson. <laughs> they would, and only one of those. That's what I'm saying. Only one of those teams is going to get him. Wherever he goes, now everybody else is scrambling. Everybody else has to react. Now we'll see how valuable the number eight pick is once he's gone, or where he chooses where he wants to go, because people are going to make in all types of moves. I assume Matthew Stafford's going to take somebody's first round pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, if that kicks Detroit into the top ten, do they go quarterback? Uh, well, Detroit's already in the top ten. I would Detroit's at so. number seven, but they're going to get. A, I'm saying, if you have that number seven pick, you you're have, saying they could move Stafford and maybe get another first rounder. Uh, yeah, and have two first rounders. Yeah, they very well could. They, they could, mm-hmm. and then that number seven pick, you might not get a quarterback with a number seven pick. Uh, you might not get a quarterback with a number eight pick. We we don't know yet, but. If you can move into into the top five, do you take – if a quarterback's available, like if all of them will probably be available in the top five, mm. would you just say, well, we got another one. Let's just hope for the best at the number six pick <laughs> and like swing on somebody like Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith and then take the quarterback? And I, then take I, the quarterback. Who, You're saying take like the game-breaking skill position guy mm-hmm. and then – punt on it's it seems like the name that keeps coming up is Trey Lance mm-hmm. who's like top of that second tier of quarterbacks. 
How good of a quarterback do you need to be to throw to Devontae Smith? That's <laughs> just throwing <laughs> the flat. That's wide open. That's, I mean, if yeah. and also maybe the Lions this is probably not going to happen because I think Matthew Stafford's sick of losing. Right. Uh but if you if you can promise that you're going to you can make some changes in this draft and get him some some wide receivers not named Marvin. Would that entice Matthew Stafford to stay and take a quarterback away from a team? I think Stafford would probably like to stay. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I haven't read anything. Yeah. It just Stafford just he just comes across to me as one of those guys that's like, man, like I'm I'm just here through thick and thin with my Detroit Lions because he has been. It, he it, has it's, been. Well, it's just been through it, been through the thin with them. There hasn't been any thick, <laughs> not much thick. No. <laughs> but I think that's kind of what's exciting about this NFL offseason is. There, I believe, is going to be some unprecedented quarterback movement. Really more just because of what we've seen in the early part of this week where sounds like Drew Brees is going to be out the door. Phillip Rivers has retired. There is a serious changing of the old guard. Like the old guard is on its way out in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And even the guys you know, like Stafford, like Matt Ryan, the guys who have been around for a long time, their current employees are kind of sick of them. And it's yeah. like, okay, it's like the Matt Ryan experiment failed. Matt, you're you're too old. We're heading a different direction. Matt Stafford experiment failed. It's like, Matt Stafford, it wasn't on you. We were just never able to do anything. New era. We're blowing it up. We're going to start over. So those guys are going to move. But you're right. The plug in all of this right now <laughs> is Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Like, Deshaun Watson needs to be the first move to be made. And then after that, I think all hell's going to break loose. So, Deshaun, make up your damn mind. (laughs) Somebody go after him. Wherever you want to go, somebody's going to have to really take a big swing. And I think everybody's just scared to set what his market value is. Yes, yeah. Because they're going to be like, he's worth three first-round draft picks for the next three years. Right. And teams are – there's a team that's going to give him that. Oh, yeah. There's a team that's going to give that up. If the Texans miss in this draft, how long does the the general manager have? <laughs> Nick Casari, uh gosh, I mean, I'm saying they he get, just got hired. <laughs> he did, and if I'm saying if they miss, yeah, in the because who, whoever they give that quarterback, they're going to take first round pick positioning mm-hmm. into account, and I assume Deshaun Watson will head off to a team with one of those one through six picks, right? Uh, probably not one because the Jets seem. Pretty set, unless you're Richard Sherman, which is a whole nother monkey wrench. But the Jets seem pretty set in what they're doing. And one of those two through six picks, if the Jet or if the Texans miss there, I think Deshaun Watson would have just like proven his case and probably proved that he was worth whatever you you gave him. If you if they still manage to miss in the top six, <laughs> yeah, it's uh. But you never know. It's gonna be a lot. That's the. This is this is one of the most fun off seasons I can remember in in the NFL. Like this is this feels like NBA. I've been talking about Deshaun Watson to the Panthers for almost a month now. I I think I'm like trending the other direction. Yeah, I would like to see it though. If they do, if they do decide to make that move, I can't hate on it. Oh, I'm gonna I love it. If, if they do it, I'm gonna love it. Yeah. I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna change my tune real completely. Quick. He's just expensive. He is. He's worth it. He looks. He really looks like he's worth it. I mean, he's making like double a year more than what they ever paid Cam. Like, you got to take the salary cap into account, all of it. Yeah. They should have paid Cam more. Cam took a lot of hits for, <laughs> for 
No, no, they, they should have paid Cam more. Why? Paid you been, boy, you could have been paying Cam thirty million dollars this year. Is yeah. that what you want? Beautiful. No. <laughs> I know. Turn into the Eagles. It's a terrible idea. Pay quarterbacks not to play. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to some, uh, I guess, championship round preview a little bit later in the show. Von Casey hanging out with me here this afternoon. This is the Sam Avila Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. It's the Sam Avila Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. Von Casey, movie guy. Yes, sir. (laughs) What have you watched good lately? Uh, What is streaming that you could recommend to the good people? Because we've got one of these weekends coming up that it might sound daunting to sports fans going into it. But once you're once you're immersed in it, unless you're gonna watch the UFC fight, uh, we got McGregor Poirier this weekend. Yeah. But we don't have any football on Saturday, so this might be an opportunity where some folks can, uh, you know, can expand their horizons a little bit and and watch a movie watch or watch a TV show. You watching anything good right now? Anything new? Anything old that you're checking out for the first time? Uh, it's not it's not old, but I was watching the final season of Mr. Robot. Um, Mr. Robot. You yeah. were saying the other day that is the, I would I, you thought I would like Mr. Yeah. Robot. It is it despite all the all the like hype it had when it was uh first coming out in the first couple of seasons, it's like progressed into probably one of my favorite shows of all time. What's that actor's name? Kind of a weird guy. Is that that's not the uh that's, that's not Remy Malik. Yeah, that's it, it is Remy Malik, yes. the guy who played uh Played, played Queen. Yeah, he played for Freddie Mercury. Queen. I just called yeah, him Queen. Call. <laughs> he played Queen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he played, he played uh, Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. He is, um, he's really good. Yeah. Uh, and the show is, the show's all over the place. It's like, uh, it's like the 90s came alive and made a show based off of like all of the grunge cyberpunk parts of of the 90s like it's it's a lot it's it's like a, it's like a love letter to to uh sci-fi tropes and and a lot of different things i think people would really really enjoy watching if you're a nerd you would like irobot yeah or not irobot well irobot too irobot too mr robot mr robot you you would really like it but yeah as, as far as movies people aren't really releasing movies um, we we had that whole conversation mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago about how no one's really coming out with movies simply because people want to make some money off of off of movies. But uh, the the only big new thing that I saw was Wonder Woman. It was, I didn't like it. I didn't it like was 1984. Bad. I, yeah, I wasn't gonna watch it because I didn't like the first one. I really didn't like this one. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, uh, Josh Matthews, who didn't get to join us next week for our Hornets segment. Josh will be back next week. Uh, we do some. He writes for uh, Culture Nerd, and oh, okay. he uh, he's saying the same thing. He was like, "Don't watch Wonder Woman." So I went home and I watched Wonder Woman, and <laughs> that's <it was> bad. <laughs> yeah. Usually, what happens when uh, a critic or somebody says, "Like, hey, don't watch this movie. It's terrible." A yeah. lot of people go watch. It. Well, one of the things I am excited about though this year is with you know dealing with the. I don't want to say lingering effects of the pandemic, but movie theaters are starting to open up a little Mm -hmm. bit. But since not everybody's obviously comfortable with going out to a movie theater still, Warner Brothers specifically has teamed up with HBO Max this year. Mm -hmm. And they're doing something really cool. So Warner Brothers is going to be releasing 16 different films this year in theaters. 
And if you don't have HBO Max, this is an unsolicited advertisement. But if you're a movie person, getting ready to go through some of these titles that are going to be released this year. And what they're doing is simultaneously on the day that Warner Brothers releases these movies into theaters, they are also going to be available to stream on HBO Max. And they'll be available for 31 days. So the movie gets released on January the 22nd. It'll be available on the January 22nd on HBO Max, and it'll be there for the next 31 days. Oh. Super exciting. Super cool. These are going to be like blockbuster, big-time, hyped-up movies that you're going to be able to stream right from the comfort of your home. They're spacing them out perfectly to where it's going to essentially amount to you paying for a year's subscription to HBO Max, but movie theaters are expensive. They are, and um, I already have HBO Max. So I'll uh, I'll yeah I got probably, it yeah <laughs> it it's a good app yeah I don't want to give my ad I want them to give me money for an ad but if you if they would like to sponsor uh, we're not getting an HP sponsorship <laughs> you know how great I can go ahead and tell you that you know how great it would be though <laughs> uh, but let me go through some of these movies and I know the one that's going to be streaming first is a new Denzel Washington movie mm-hmm. so I'm always all about a Denzel Washington movie it's going to be called The Little Things. Um, and in it, Denzel Washington is going to be playing a deputy sheriff who's sent to Los Angeles on an evidence-gathering assignment only to become embroiled in the search for a serial killer who's terrorizing the city. And uh, your boy Remy Malik is in this. Jared yes. Leto is also in this. I know nothing about it, but it's a Denzel movie, and I'm there. Who's directing it? Do you, do you have uh, director? The director is John Lee Hancock. Okay. I don't know anything about him. I don't know much about him either so i'm going to look a little bit into his oh he did the blind side blind side saving mr bangs uh highwayman the dennis quaid movie the rookie the founder uh, founder okay those are okay so this is a bit of a different different thing thing for him because most of those things <laughs> yeah, getting don't, a little serious yeah <laughs> don't have much to do with murder unless you want to count like mcdonald's and the founder uh but uh that what what is it about denzel movies in, in particular what is it about Denzel yeah, movies that, that, that I like? That you're ready, just ready for a Denzel. Oh, movie. Name a bad Denzel Washington movie. I know my I favorite mean, yeah, one's American it. Gangster. Uh, I love great. Collateral Damage. I mean, uh, obviously uh, Training Day, mm-hmm. a classic. I don't know. What, what do you mean? That's a horrible question. That's a what great is it question. about Denzel Washington? Because movies you were like, that you, you like? said Denzel. No, not that you like, but that you were like, I'm excited to see this movie because Denzel in it. Like, what are you expecting from Denzel in the movie? Uh, a world-class performance well, that's just a, a hyper badass enough for me I, I never thought that's a question anybody would ask me is why are you interested in watching a denzel washington movie? Hey, some pe- some what people, do you have against denzel washington? No, I like denzel washington i'm saying some people have different reasons for watching the movie like we can't act like every time somebody watches a movie for an actor they're in it for the great performance they're going to give like you like nick cage movies i like nick i love cage. nick cage movies we're not exactly in it because we think he's going to give the be- <laughs> the best performance in the world we're like i want to see what crazy thing nick cage is going to do and some people are like i want to see a samuel L. jackson movie because i want to see him scream uh, yes like, i want to see how many <laughs> f-bombs he can fit into one movie people have different reasons for wanting to see an actor <laughs> i'm trying to think movie. the only movie i've ever seen that i didn't like denzel in i've got his filmography up in front of me um Roman J. Israel was a very bad movie that I had high hopes for. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, he's going to be a lawyer. This is going to be cool. Uh, favorite Denzel movie? Probably. It might be John Q. 
Really? Old school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. holding the hospital this hostage. I, this is why I asked. Yeah. Because that's an interesting choice. This, <laughs> you never know what you get when you ask somebody why they like one of their favorite actors. Yeah. Because they, if people really like an actor, they will pull out all of the craziest things. Like you ask any Nick Cage fan, they're not going to say any performance where he was actually giving a great performance. He was in a movie not two years ago. Uh, that was actually fantastic that I can't even remember the name of, but if you ask me if I want to go watch The Wicker Man, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> the bees! Like, I'll, I'll be <laughs> really excited about it. Let's see. Um, Look up the, the, the name of that movie. It's like got like a... Two years ago? About two years ago. Was it so. Mandy? Yes. Oh, I've that, never even heard of that. Yeah, and it was actually a pretty good movie. Like, his performance was pretty good and everything, but I want to watch The Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like uh, Kick Ass. Yeah, those was, are those are good was, movies. Yeah, not so much because of Deshaun Watson. I mean, not, not Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been news to me. Denzel Washington. If Deshaun Watson was in that movie, yeah, I don't know if it would have been better or worse. If you've never seen the movie Kick Ass, um, he basically plays like knockoff Batman, mm-hmm. and his character's name is literally Big Daddy. <laughs> That's his superhero name is Big Daddy. Uh, March 26th this year, Godzilla versus Kong is coming out. And see, this is one that I actually want to see in theaters. Yeah, this is this is one of those when they announced that they were going to remake the King Kong movies, they were doing it at the same time as the Godzilla movies, and I was like, okay, they're going to have them fight finally in like all the CGI splendor that they can have. Right. That's why they made Kong a hundred feet tall in the new movies so they could actually have him fight Godzilla and stand a chance. I'm looking at this, like a still photo from the film right here. And it's Godzilla and King Kong like running at each other. And there's an aircraft carrier next to them. And they're bigger than the aircraft carrier. Obviously. <laughs> that sounds great. That's going to be a good one. That sounds great. Uh, and I think that's sort of piggybacking off of the most recent Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the Kong skull Island. Did you ever see that? Oh yeah, I love Kong. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah I was not expecting much from it, but it actually turned out to be pretty good. We've got uh, see every. I've seen some people excited. Mortal Kombat is coming out this year. A new edit. I think this is like the third Mortal Kombat movie that's come out. I have never been a Mortal Kombat guy. I know people love the video games. Video games I know great. the uh, like the 1980s or 1990s movie is kind of like a kind of has like a cult classic following a little bit. Are you a Mortal yeah. Kombat guy? You look like you're a Mortal Kombat guy. I, I love the games. Uh-huh. I'm not very good. Everybody beats me in the games. And after about two or three games of getting like my skull ripped off, I'm like, all right, that's enough right. for today. Finish <laughs> it. <But>, yeah, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> but I've never been a fan of the movies. Uh, so this, sure, I guess, it'll just be like a... It's free streaming on HBO. Yeah, Night, it'll be streaming. So I'll check on, it out. <laughs> I'm sure I'll watch it, and I'm sure I'll forget that I watched it and then watch it again. This one's actually going to be rated R. Well, so I think the last one was PG-13. Don't know how you make a Mortal Kombat movie anything but rated R. <laughs> but you know, I never played the game much. I've got a, uh, I had a buddy of mine in high school who always played it, and I remember like. I came over to his house one time. We were sitting there, and I, I picked up the controller. I was like, yeah, I'll play Mortal Kombat. I never do it. And then, like, five minutes later, there was a cut scene of his character, like, reaching down the throat of my character, and he pulled out his spine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this isn't the game for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not the- out here pulling people's spines out. That's the game. That's the game. <laughs> uh, the Conjuring. The Conjuring is making another movie. Um, this one is The Conjuring 
the devil made me do it. Are you a scary movie guy? I am. I don't find the Conjuring movies that scary. Outside of, in, isn't Insidious in that whole universe and everything? I no. Patrick Wilson's just in both of those movies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that he's a, and if you don't know who Patrick Wilson is, close your eyes and imagine the dad in every scary movie. That's Patrick Wilson. That is Patrick Wilson. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah. In, Insidious. Insidious was was good. The first one was actually really good. I sure. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll watch it. I'm sure I forget. I'm forget I watched it. Do you like any of the Conjuring movies or any of the scary movies? Or um, yeah, I'm a big fan of like cheap, bad. Okay. Not that they're like necessarily cheap and bad, but they're kind of cheap. Demonic possession. Mm-hmm. You know, old ladies haunting the house. Annabelle, the dolls haunting the house. Um, Annabelle's the one that's all that's in that same universe, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, that might Annabelle be. is like tied into the Conjuring or something. Yeah, there was um, there was one where it was like a spooky mirror. I can't remember the name of that one. Anyways, yeah, I'm a, yeah, any scary movie, I'm all for it. <laughs> gotcha, okay. Uh, Space Jam, coming out July 16th. We had a whole segment on Space Jam. Yeah, that's the and one where um, LeBron's going to have to go. Yeah, that's the one where they're introducing, like, it's, it's going to be a Warner Brothers universe that LeBron travels through to find Bronny Jr. Yep, so the, what's next? <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad is being oh. remade. Suicide Squad being remade, this time um, James Gunn is going to be directing it. James Gunn, who... They're remaking the whole movie? It's not like a, a recut? Well, it's the same. I think it's just like, a, here's what's next. Okay. It looks like uh, John Cena is going to be in this one. Margot Robbie is going to reprise her role as uh, Harley Quinn. Okay. Did you see Birds of Prey? I the did. Harley Quinn movie? I did. Was it any good? It was It was fun. Yeah? It wasn't... It was. I don't remember it being all that good, but I actually had fun watching it. Okay. So, yeah. I might, yeah, I know that one actually is on HBO Max right now, but uh, James Gunn, that's the guy that did the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Mm-hmm. Another, he did. another fun example of fun movies. Yeah. And uh, he also did this movie, I believe it's called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Is that is that the other movie? He, he, he has a thing for some of the... I think that's him. That made uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, or I could be completely off. Uh, no, that was Shane Black. Yes, okay. Shane Black also made the. He reminds me a lot of Shane Black. Shane Black also made the Lethal Weapon movies. Okay, and that's who, that's what the uh, that's what those movies have always reminded me. of. Okay, yeah. No, James Gunn. James Gunn's fun. Um, that movie should be. A, you said John Cena. Wait, John Cena's in it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who he's gonna play. Idris Elba's in it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's just they're they're actually Pete Davidson's in it. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who knows? I might actually have to see this then because I just want to see what John Cena and Pete Davidson would do in the scene together. Uh, how about this? You might be able to give me some insight on this. Okay. Um, in September, there's a movie coming out called The Many Saints of Newark. Okay. And uh, I do not know anything about this, but this will be directed by Alan Taylor. And it says, The Many Saints of Newark takes place in the 1960s against the backdrop of the Newark riots when the African-American and Italian communities were often at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually a prequel to The Sopranos and features younger versions of characters from that film. So uh, I'm sold. You like The Sopranos? I love The Sopranos. Yeah, uh, actually, I can't believe I have to ask that question nowadays. The, the Sopranos is, it might is, be the greatest television series ever. One of my favorites. I, I, I'm excited, dude. I'm, I'm excited because I really, really like The Sopranos. So, so yeah, this will be fun. Uh, I have heard about this before. I don't know anything about it, but I know people are excited. The Dune movie 
is coming out. Explain Dune to me. Okay. So it comes out on October 1st. Um, I know it's a book. It Have is. they already made a movie, a Dune movie they before? Is it a video game? I'm sure there's a video game of Dune. So Timothy uh, Chalamet's in it. Um, Oscar Isaac's going to be in it. Josh Brolin's going to be in it. Dave Bautista's in it. Rebecca Ferguson's in it. Jason Momoa's in it. I mean, a hell of a cast, but I hear about Dune all the time. And I know people were upset when it was uh, postponed because it was supposed to be released in 2020. Yes. Ex- explain Dune to me because I want to okay. get into it. I know nothing so of Dune. This is like, do you like sci-fi? I love sci-fi. So this is like the granddaddy nerd sci-fi version of everything that nerds want in like a sci-fi movie so there's a director named alejandro jodorowsky okay uh and he was set to direct the original dune movie uh and there's a great documentary on the movie he was planning on making so i would suggest would i would i suggest watch there's there's a documentary called no i I can't watch the documentary before seeing the movie because i don't need spoilers I don't know if you can spoil Dune. Like it's such a the story. I don't. I won't go into the story because there's a lot. It's just if I really went up here, they would be like, okay, so he's possessed by something. Is it like Star Wars? Is it like superheroes? I'm confused. It's like I don't even like, know what Dune like, is. Okay, so it's like it's like Star Wars mixed with like it's all the best parts of Star Wars as far as the book is concerned. It's all the best parts of Star Wars, but. The person who wrote it is one thousand percent out of their mind. Like it's like a it's like a it's like a trip. Okay. <laughs> it's a trip. It's a trippy <laughs> version of Star Wars, and I think that's the the best way to 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 say it without spoiling anything. There's a there's a prince, and he he's a he has to try to uh, restore faith into the world. It's if they do the movie the way any close to the way that Jodorowsky wanted to do the movie in the eighties before they just gave it away, uh, because they, they said that his version was too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, then it'll be like, vi- like visually it could be amazing. Like it, it could be like something that they should probably just wait to put in theaters, honestly. Cause okay. I, I'd love to. I really, 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 really love that. Uh, so it sounds like it sounds like for somebody like me who doesn't know anything about mm-hmm. the story. That's why I'm trying. I'll to probably enjoy story. it yeah. because it's probably just going to be cinematically awesome. Should be. If you're a Dune fan, it sounds like it's setting up for disappointment. Probably. I'm I'm ready to be disappointed by yeah. it. Just because <laughs> they don't have the guy who wanted to who had all the passion in the world for it directing it. Right. Um, if you, I don't even know how much. The documentary gets into the story or anything like that. But if you want to see some crazy concepts, Jodorowsky's Dune, that's the name of the documentary, came out in about 2013, is the uh, is definitely the way to go. Okay. Just be- before before the movie, if you're actually interested in watching it, you'll be like, okay, I see, I see why people are, were excited to see this because all right. it's all over the place. Uh, next December, we're getting The Matrix 4. And yes, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss will both be back. Beautiful. Yes. Can't, I mean, you can't. Uh, people hate on the Matrix movies. I loved all three of them. I, I I remember watching the third one when, but that that was the that was about the time when when I was I was really really young when they came out. And I remember being scared when I was watching them because everybody used to bring over the bootleg DVDs of them and we <laughs> and we watched them on the couch and I was I was very confused at why there were so many Agent Smiths. <laughs> yeah, right. 
but yeah, no. I I'm not to, saying uh, Matrix is good movies. I'm just saying I love watching. Oh them. no, I like I love watching them too. <laughs> yeah, I was just really really confused at why there were so many Agent Smiths. <laughs> and uh, here, let's wrap it up with this one. Um, That's a good lineup. You're right. It's funny. I'm curious if you have the same reaction to this guy that I had to Denzel Washington. Um, I was excited to see another Desh- uh, Watson, another Denzel Washington movie. <laughs> Are you excited to hear? That at the age of 90, Clint Eastwood is putting out another movie. This one's going to be called Cry Macho, um, which is actually a book that I have read. It's actually a really good book. I'm excited to see the adaptation here. But uh, Cry Macho going to be coming out, and Clint Eastwood is going to play the main character, which basically is like old man that used to be like a rodeo superstar okay. saves young boy from terrible family. And builds a relationship and a bond with him. And we're, we're sure that Clint Eastwood's the one playing the old man. Clint Eastwood, okay, yeah. Okay, I think okay. at 90 he qualified. I kind of typecasted at this point in his career. <laughs> I, I really hope so. Hope they don't like DH him right. or anything like that. Um, sure. I, 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 I know what a Clint Eastwood. I, I already seen. I've seen that movie. Mm. I, I know what that what happens in that movie. You already. need more Clint Eastwood in your life, young man. I remember. I know there's going to be a close up of his face, and then they'll go to the boy, and the boy <laughs> will also be really sad. And for in the movie, they won't hug, but there'll be an acknowledgement of that. The it'll, boy, be a, it'll be a good sturdy handshake. Yeah, that the boy has grown up. Right, and a good sturdy handshake. He is now a man <laughs> in the eyes of Clint Eastwood. And, and some young whippersnapper is going to pick a fight with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, and and he's going to realize that was a mistake. And he's going to lose very quickly right. to ninety year old Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Hey man, Dirty Harry never dies. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I, I think I can imagine what that movie's like. <laughs> I like watching those movies to see how close I can. <laughs> so get HBO Max if you want to watch a lot of good movies this year. I think I'm probably most excited for the Godzilla King Kong one. Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah, I'm most excited to get disappointed by Dune. Yeah, I'm very excited to get disappointed by that. And for everybody to criticize the Matrix again, and not yeah. just understand what those movies are. They're There's- just ridiculous and absurd and. It, I mean, it's just lunacy. <laughs> Doesn't really make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Philosophy Twitter will be on fire. It's Keanu Reeves being Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I'm actually excited to see what Keanu Reeves does in this movie. Now that he's done the, the John Wick stuff and he's learned it look like he's just having fun. I'm excited to see what he'll do. I love Keanu Reeves. I do too. Gets a bad rap. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> All right, we've got uh, the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship game coming up this weekend. Well, we got Rodgers versus Brady and Mahomes versus Allen. Hmm. we get into it next. You're listening to the Sam Avila Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. It's the Sam Avila Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. we got uh championship round in the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. If you hadn't heard... Vaughn, before we get into that, Vaughn Casey, by the way, hanging out with me here this afternoon. Before we get into that, um, I haven't gotten any of your opinions on any of the games that we saw last week. I know first and foremost, uh, you were you were heartbroken, it sounds like, for the Cleveland Browns. I am. I wanted a Bills-Browns AFC championship game. It's just, that would be magic. Those two franchises having to killed the other off in order to reclaim some sense of glory would have been amazing but you know it it was a very brown situation 
the all-star, once-in-a-generation talent quarterback comes in, gets hurt. You have a chance to steal the game. And Chad Henney runs for 19. Or <laughs> Anything is possible. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Browns fans. I got my, my dad's friend is a huge, huge Browns fan. Uh-huh. And when, once Mahomes went down and they were driving down the field, he was all happy on the phone. And, you know, I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> it was done. It kind of crushed done. him. It, was, it probably crushed him. Well, why is that, me. though? I mean, I don't feel like if you're a Browns fan, after dealing with what you've dealt with for so long, uh, even getting to where they were was at least just a step in the right direction. I mean, what? I mean, Baker's only in his third season? Yeah. This was his third year. You draft that guy. You've built around him beforehand. You add a couple pieces. You did all this without Odell. Honestly, it didn't even feel like halfway through the season that the Browns were even going to get to this point. Yeah, no. They ended up winning a playoff game. Yeah. No, you're you're right, but it's only when it's when you have a franchise like that. I'll tell you from another from the perspective of a long standing suffering, a long suffering franchise. When you have hope, and you see a glimmer of hope, and it's dashed immediately, it just reminds you of all. I was like, man, I'm much rather y'all just not make the playoffs at all if we're going to lose to Chad Henney. Like I remember, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'd rather y'all not be good. Then be really good and lose to Chad Henney. Right. That's just come on. Why? Why tease me like that? Why? I, I feel for you, Browns fans. But yeah. yeah what about the? Um, are you? Because a lot of people were talking earlier in the week about the fumbling out of the end zone. Like, is that a rule that should be changed or not? Where were you on that? They didn't even get to the part about like it was an illegal hit in the first place yeah no yeah it doesn't look if a helmet to helmet is allowed if it forces a fumble that's yeah. what we learned <laughs> which i mean if, if y'all going to one thing i never understood about replay is if you're going to replay the play and you see a foul occur why not change the ruling based like oh well there's the foul we saw that let's just get the let's get the call right right because we saw it but should they change that rule um probably not i like the rule I like that if if you lose the ball and it goes to the back of the end zone touchback, that's a fine rule. It it works. It's just in this situation, he didn't fumble. He was fouled and lost the ball. <laughs> lost the ball. Yeah. If he would have came and got his clock cleaned, yeah. It's like it's like you might have been unconscious for a second because you got a concussion. Yeah. Even though he did it, but you know, I, I get what he you're saying. Yeah. I like the rule. I like that it's so harsh mm-hmm. because it's just like that. It's the harshest rule in football. I mean, outside yeah. of, you know, picking up a 55-yard passing interference <laughs> Which penalty. Which is a tough one. Like, yeah. how brutal is that? I enjoy having, like, the death blow penalty or the death blow rule. Yeah. That's like, this is the one thing you can't do. And if you do – like, I was reading something on Monday about how Bill Belichick does not let his players – he coaches. They coach in New England. Do not extend the ball when you're near the goal line. Mm. Because of that, it's – you either get your whole body in there with the ball secured, or we just run another play. Mm-hmm. Because you just avoid it. Like I, I love the rule. I thought it was, as, as much as I wanted to see the Browns stay competitive, I also didn't want the Browns to win. <laughs> it's the same reason like why Colin Coward on Wednesday threw out the idea that if Patrick Mahomes was not going to be available, and it seems like he'll be available and everything should be fine, but if Patrick Mahomes was not going to be available this weekend, if you're the NFL, you just postpone the game until Patrick Mahomes is available. <laughs> And I'm kind of in on that. Like, I don't want to watch an AFC championship game that features Chad Henney. <laughs> Do you know how mad 
<laughs> how mad people would be. There would be nothing they could do about it because yeah. the NFL would postpone the game and then something else would happen and people would forget about it. But <laughs> that'd be hilarious if they actually postponed the game so Patrick Mahomes so could Patrick play. Mahomes could come back. That'd be <laughs> it's like, look, guys, we just got to make sure Pat's back. That's uh, that'd be kind of great. <laughs> that's that's the end of it. But yeah, you're right. I like the rule. I I, I do like. I just like the fact that it's like one of those – it reminds me of a video game, and that's what – it's a game at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like y- you start back from checkpoint. You you missed the ball. You uh, you advanced the ball too far. Right. <laughs> and now you don't have the ball, the ball at all. <laughs> it, it makes total sense to me. It's just that in that situation, they should have called the obvious foul. But other than that, nobody was complaining when it was like DK Metcalf running down the field and uh, this was – against the Cowboys and Diggs came up and knocked the ball out of his hands and they had a touchback. That was just a good play by the defensive player. Right. <laughs> but Diggs didn't come through and punch him in the side of the head or like foul him or something <laughs> and make him drop the ball. I think we could all agree that'd be ridiculous. Yeah. So let's get into the games here this weekend. 305 on Sunday, the first game of the weekend, Packers versus Buccaneers. This will be in Lambeau. Yes. Uh, Packers are a three point favorite in this game. I haven't checked out the weather. I could do that. Uh, but you, you were talking about off the air earlier, you're just excited to see this wide receiver core for Tampa Bay take on the defensive backs in Green Bay. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to talk about Brady versus Rodgers, mm-hmm. but that's sort of uh, the more important side of this matchup to you. I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of the most fun matchups of skill positions I've seen all year. Uh, the Packers have been able to withstand some barrages that have come their way just because it might not be talked about in the press much, but mm-hmm. often the coaches know that defense or especially that, that uh, secondary does not come to play. They, they are, they are a different bunch when they get together and able to make plays on the other side of the ball. You have the most talented core in the league. You you do that. I don't even think that's up for debate. You no, got, it's not. I mean, between those three, Evans, Godwin, and Brown, there is no better there has, combination. I don't know if there has really ever been that much talent on one team in on the wide receiver position. I that agree. In, that I includes agree. like Randy Moss and uh, and Chris Carter, or however far you want to go back. Right. That's that's incredible. It just isn't being utilized because their quarterback is 400 years old. But you know, <laughs> oh come on, man! I mean, Brady Brady had an incredible year this year. He did. He had a really good year this year. But when it comes to using their strengths, which is let's stretch the field, let's make the defense you know think twice about bringing a blitz because they don't want to leave us alone in man. Right. It's it's it, Brady's not the guy who's stretching the field anymore. See, really no, I, I think in the the last two months of the season, that's actually changed a little bit. Uh, they a were bit. talking about it going into last weekend that over the last two months, he's really been about the best in the league at throwing the ball downfield, and the numbers kind of speak to that. So since week thirteen, he has thrown for three hundred forty five yards, three hundred ninety yards, three hundred forty eight yards, three hundred ninety nine yards, three hundred eighty one yards. And then last week it dipped down to 199. So you were looking at virtually six to seven weeks of this dude throwing consistently 350-yard-plus games. Yeah, and you're not wrong about that. The only thing I would like to look up is their yards after catch. Like I, I'd like to see how many, <laughs> how much Yak is con- is contributing to that. I'm not saying that Brady can't get the ball down the field. I'm saying that a lot of that is due to the fact that he has playmakers right? who – 
can bust out of a couple of uh, tackles and actually get down the field. Because I don't – I watched the game. I don't remember him launching the ball down the field a couple of times, like for 80 or 70 or 50-yard touchdowns. Right. It was more of like a consistent build because of how good that receiving core is. He can pile up yardage. If, you, if he couldn't pile up yardage on that team – we would be talking about Brady as if he should be retiring, but I haven't even heard the word retire in mention to his play this year. No. Yeah, and we talked about it a couple weeks, and I think you said it. It's like, well, if it doesn't work, you just run it back with Brady one more year. Like, you're okay with that. So, yeah, why not? So, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Green Bay's a three-point favorite. I looked up the weather. It's supposed to be snowing overnight in Green Bay between Saturday and Sunday. Uh, precipitation will move out of there by game time. Temperatures hovering around 20 Eight degrees in Green Bay, six to seven mile an hour wind, so we don't have to worry about that being a, a big factor the way it was this past weekend in the Buffalo Bills game. I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and everything that those two can do together, and I know uh, there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP this year. I mean, the dude threw for over 45 touchdowns, whatever the, the number was, led the league in touchdown passes this year. I know we're all you're all in on this Green Bay defense. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the storybook is coming together for Tom Brady, where he's going to be there. And let me tell you why I'm rooting for Tom Brady this weekend. Okay, the biggest reason I'm rooting for Tom Brady. I'm, I, I think the game's going to be close. Three points is a, a hell of a line. Vegas, I think, is hitting the nail on the head. It's, it's going to be you know who misses a kick down the stretch. Right. You know, is it going to be Matt Gay right. or is it going to be Mason Crosby? Who misses a kick down the stretch? That's going to be the kind of it's going to be that kind of football game. At least I'm hoping because I was not impressed uh, by really or entertained by any of the games this past weekend at all. I think except for the uh, Chiefs game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Bills. We're cheering for the Buffalo Bills. We chose the Bills to win the championship, and I always say with an asterisk because we didn't let ourselves pick the Chiefs because mm-hmm. it was too easy. Mm-hmm. I want the storybook finish for the Buffalo Bills of arriving at the Super Bowl. And who do they have to see but the guy who haunted them for the last two mm-hmm. decades in their division. Mm-hmm. They got rid of him, but then they have to bump into him and see him in the Super Bowl. And and that's all the storylines I need. So I am picking this game simply off of my heart. I'm going with Tampa Bay this weekend. Really? Okay, yeah. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Up the pick. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to just throw caution to the wind. And I and I want I want the storylines. Two weeks of storylines of Tom Brady, Buffalo Bills, one last time. Can the Bills finally get over the Tom Brady hump, or is Tom Brady just going to crush the entire soul of that city? A city that nobody would ever even care about if it wasn't for the Sabres and the Bills. Can Tom Brady come in and crush their hopes and dreams one last time? So, so I'm, I'm going, I'm going Tom Brady all the way this weekend. So I, I, I see that pick. I was looking, I was looking through the stats just now just to see how good Brady was down the field, and it's, it's like I said, he's getting. It's 7.9 yards per completion. Mm-hmm. So he is getting a lot of production from those wide receivers. And if there is one problem that the Packers have had this year in that secondary, as much as I love them, it's being able to stop guys when they're actually on the loose. Uh, they can come to they can come together and make a tackle, but this is it's going to be really hard to get Chris Godwin down mm-hmm. if he's already free. Like the, all these guys treat a completed pass like a punt return. Like, they just expect everybody to come up and block and get anywhere they can on the field. You, 
I feel like you you that is the perfect ending for the Bills if we we did pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, if, if they're going to win it, they need to win it over Tom over Brady. Tom that Brady. would be such a better story. That would be a <laughs> an amazing story. Oh man. Do I want to pick with the story? I very I'd, I'd like to. But I do think the Packers are going to be able to pull it out simply because of how good Aaron Rodgers is. Mm-hmm. Like the defense is incredible, but Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football this year, and he looks like he still has a point to prove for some reason. He looks like he still has a, a piece left in his legacy. Like Brady is Brady's in another championship. Like we, we should we should think about this from from Brady as a player perspective. He's in another championship. Left the conference that he dominated for the last. 20 years and here he is again and here he is in another in another right. conference championship <laughs> he's doing the lebron thing where it was like well lebron you're just doing it in a weak afc yeah and now it's like well brady you were just dominating the afc south or the afc it's, north or west or whatever or the east or whatever the hell it was <laughs> i went through every direction yeah. there before i finally arrived at the appropriate one tom brady switches over to the nfc he's like i can do it there too and and here he is and you remember the first couple weeks of the season they lost a few games and it was everybody chill Mm-hmm. Just let this team find their way. This is a real new cast of characters. Everybody's learning and figuring each other out. And when you just look at this offense's numbers over the last few weeks, 31 points, yeah. 47 points, 44 points, 31 points, 30 points last week. A defense. Dude, Devin White last week looked like a man possessed on defense. Mm-hmm. That dude in his second or third year since he came out of LSU, the dude has Incredible. been – yeah. Uh, one of the best linebackers in the league. They're also a defense that doesn't get nearly enough credit, mm-hmm. similar to Green Bay. Man, if 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 Brady if Brady does go in, storm into the NFC and beats Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably arguably been like the best quarterback in the NFC consistently, mm-hmm. not named Russell Wilson. If you wanted to tell me that you thought Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback you've ever watched play football. I would, I'd be like, arguing I, with I you. get that argument. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have the championship numbers, sure, but as far as just what that dude's capable of, I get it. <laughs> and if Brady just comes in and, and they beat him with a team that seems like it's clicking, we not be, we might not be talking about a. If this team starts clicking, like really, really clicking, which from the numbers they are, even those numbers are, I don't, I don't think they're the ceiling of what this team could be, just because of the talent on it. Right. Even with 385 passing yards, I'm talking about like 400-yard passing days, which wouldn't be out of the norm for this team. If they do that, I don't think we're talking about a storybook ending for the Bills at this point. Are, are, are we? Like if the Bucks really start really getting it together and they steamroll the Packers or anything like that, which hopefully doesn't happen. Again, I want a close game. I'm still picking the Packers, but if the Bucks come out and put up 450 yards passing – Right, I I fear for the Bills at that at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Bills. That's the thing. There's like of the four teams left. There's a lot of cool storylines because you know it's, it's the youth on one side and it's the old man on the other side. Um, if if it's Tom Brady versus Mahomes, you're talking about the goat versus baby goat. The guy, yeah, yeah, baby goat. The guy that a lot of people have already kind of anointed as potentially the best quarterback of all time. I'm just picking off of storylines alone this mm-hmm. weekend. That's that is first and foremost my only thing. So that being said, 
the thing that makes me nervous about the Packers is the death of Ted Thompson, the the general manager who you brought up a little bit earlier off off uh, uh, after he passed away on Thursday yesterday. Ted Thompson is the guy responsible for drafting Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. responsible for drafting players all the way up through 2017. Guys on this current team, Aaron Jones included, drafted by Ted Thompson. What a pick that was. <laughs> yeah, home from run, Utah. right? Right. <laughs> yeah, from Utah. The, those kind of things, man, the, the intangibles, that's what I'm all about in NFL playoffs. And, I'm look, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, Sweet. Now we can go fly our Ted Thompson banner, and that's going to push us to victory. But there's something to take into consideration there. The hey, we're playing this at Lambeau. Let's go out there and let's do it for Ted. That's <laughs> the storyline. It's a storyline. <laughs> and how much more do you want to motivate Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> no. <laughs> Would you, I don't want a regular Aaron Rodgers on a down day in his terrible jean jacket suit that he has. <laughs> but. This this game out of out of all the games, I always like the championship games the most because I always feel like you get a mini Super Bowl mm-hmm. out of them. Oh yeah, definitely because it's really two teams that did everything possible. All four of these teams deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're not sitting there at one of these bogus years where it's like an NFC East team somehow snuck in or a wild card <laughs> team snuck in. Yeah. Like these are all. Oh. Excuse me, Burt writing in the microphone. These, <laughs> these are all, you're exactly right. We're here, and it's like, you know what? I agree that these are probably the four best teams in football. If all four of these teams, I can't imagine a situation where any of these four teams raised a Lombardi trophy where I was like, that team didn't deserve it. Yeah. Like, they, they've all earned it. And the, the, the scary thing is that, or for the Bills at least, this is the time where you all year people weren't taking you seriously. You're here now. Right. You are here with the other three teams that everybody picked to be in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. And you're here with Josh Allen and you're here with that receiving core and you're going to have to put up. You're going to have to really really put up against whoever you get out of there cuz I would hate to see I don't know if I'm excited to see a Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Though you know it can be done to beat him. I don't know if I'm excited to see Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. And I'm certainly not excited to look across the field this week and see Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to that game. Uh, that's This will be the nightcap on CBS, 640 Sunday night. Bills in Arrowhead. Kansas City, a three-point favorite. Seems like Mahomes will be fine. They've been saying all week, he didn't get a concussion. He just got choked out. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, you know, he was stumbling all around. Maybe he was trying to catch his breath. Maybe the dude's concussed as hell. He's playing in this football game. Like, no matter what, they're going to find a way. Patrick Mahomes is not going to not play I thought in this game. When he got up, I thought it was a much more serious injury. Yeah. <laughs> Until I, I texted you. I thought that it was a really serious injury because when he stood up, he was grabbing at his, like, legs, and his legs were giving out on him. I yeah. thought he blew something out. And he already had a little bit of, like, a foot injury he or did. toe injury, like two or three drives prior to that. That's what I thought it was um, until I realized he wasn't grabbing on the leg he fell on. Like he was, <laughs> he was grabbing on the other leg. I was like, okay, so he, his brain, his, his brain moved a little bit. <laughs> I tell you the issue that I have with this game, um, it's the lack of production at the running back position for Buffalo. Okay. Um, yeah. The rookie Zach Moss missed last week. His status is still questionable for this week. Devin Singletary laid an egg 
last week when he was given the full starting opportunity. Mm-hmm. Cleveland tried to do this a little bit, but it kind of backfired on them because Cleveland's or excuse me, Kansas City the the whole game plan for Cleveland was come in, hold the ball, grind the clock, keep it out of Mahomes' hand. Because when Kansas City gets it, they're going to score fast. Mm-hmm. When Kansas City had the ball, they grinded the clock. They they did what Cleveland thought they wanted to do to them and reversed the roles, and all of a sudden Cleveland had to start scoring faster. Mm-hmm. Eventually it just proved to be too much. I think the same strategy kind of applies this week, at least at the start of the game, if you're Buffalo. But they don't have the horses behind Josh Allen uh, to hand the ball off and gut this one out. Wild card here for you. Mark Ingram, released by the Baltimore Ravens, cleared waivers, can be claimed by any current playoff team. Pipe dream? I would love to see Mark Ingram put on a Buffalo Bills helmet this weekend, even if it's just to take seven, eight carries right into the gut of that Kansas City Chiefs defense. Yeah, seven, eight carries for like 54 yards. Yeah. You never know what helps you against the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm not, they're not going to sign him, but no. he's available. He can be signed. <laughs> don't don't see why you don't. I mean, you do. Do you have a better option on your team right now? I mean, no. But as as far as a matchup with Kansas City goes, this is why they're like Anderson Silva in his prime. You, Kansas City is like you expect them to come out and fight you, and all of a sudden they're coming walking on their knuckles and like scooting backwards at you and front heel kick in the it's right. over. it's like it's like what was that i've well, never seen this before <laughs> or a backward spinning heel kick or something something crazy that's what that's what kansas city is the if if you're the bills you have to play the style of football that got you here you can't you cannot let kansas city start imposing their will on you because you're going to have to play fast mm. you that's what the raiders that's how the raiders beat them yeah the raiders said Kansas City is a better football team than the Raiders by a lot. Mm-hmm. The Raiders said, we are going to score with you as much as possible. We do not care how many yards Patrick Mahomes get. He can he can storm down the field if he wants to. Beautiful. Fine. Love it. Guess what? We're going to throw that ball to Waller, and we're going to get as many touchdowns as we can. And letting Josh Allen free like that could work out well for the Bills. It, it really, really could. Yeah, because you can always – I'm trying to see what um, Mahomes' numbers were in that game that you're talking about. Okay, so this was back in week five. 40-32 to 32 was the final score. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, uh, just 51% completion in that game, 340 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, that was one interception he ended up throwing all season, six interceptions. Three of them came in that game against Miami mm-hmm. where he had a couple of boneheaded plays. He's not going to make mistakes. No. But it shows you that he is capable of being a little bit more inaccurate. You wonder if not really having a whole lot of work at practice this week, he is a little bit rusty. So if you're Buffalo, you're saying you would go into this game and instead of taking – do what everybody thinks you're not going to do. Don't try to control the game. And we love these wide receivers they have in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Go at them. Say, okay, Mahomes, like – Dude, Josh Allen, like the guy can make some mistakes, but he if can. he's on, he's a gunslinger. He can sling it all over the field with Mahomes. You are the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. It is the AFC Championship. What do you have to lose? You are not supposed to be here. <laughs> and you deserve to be here. Like if, From all of the early season indications, you are not supposed to be here. Right. Why not take the fight to Kansas City and really make them beat you? Like, can, Mahomes is... 
not going to be uh I'm not saying Mahomes is going to regress into a player that like can't beat Buffalo. Right, yeah. But if you can make him make a mistake, you have a better defense than the Raiders did. You hold Patrick Mahomes to 30 points, that offense in the Bills can score more than 30 points. Mm-hmm. They can. They've done it all, they've done it most of the year. It should be if they choose to take that approach, hopefully they won't go scary. They have a they have a deep they have a really good defense. I think Buffalo Bills have managed to impress me time and time again. There was, yeah, Tredavious White is like the cornerback that nobody ever gives any love to. None. And I mean, I'm assuming they're gonna keep him on Tyreek Hill. I don't know that the Bills really shadow a lot. I know Sean McDermott, it was always frustrating to me when he was the D C in Carolina. Uh, would often not shadow with mm-hmm. some of Carolina's better corners. Uh, he was there when Josh Norman was there, and sometimes it's like, why? It's like, why did you take Josh Norman off of that guy? He was mm-hmm. Shutting him down the whole game. But you're right; that defense um, capable of being all over the place, and you just need you, you just need a couple plays. You just need an opportunity. Yeah, Browns had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Browns could have won that game against the Chiefs. We when we were going into the game, we said if the Browns stop. The Chiefs, they can win. They could have won. They just fell apart at the end because of terrible coaching. If I tell you pick your poison, you can only stop one. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Who are you putting your attention on? If I can really only really shut down one, mm-hmm. I'm talking no touchdowns. And just like, talking about you, you look up at the stat sheet at the end of the day, and one of those guys who both are capable of giving you 150 yards mm-hmm. and two touchdowns, mm-hmm. you look up and it's two catches, 26 yards. Which one oh, of those are you shutting down? In that situation, I have to shut down Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I'm the same way. Have to Travis Kelsey is public enemy number one. Yeah, because Hill might give me. Might, he might produce 150 yeah. yards. It could come on three catches. <laughs> Travis Kelsey can get you 150 yards, and he caught nine passes, and eight of those <laughs> yeah. were for first downs. Yeah, he's the safety net, but like his safety net is the biggest, widest, most dangerous safety net you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> Tyree Hill's the most dangerous person on the field. He's kind of yes. like it's kind of like, all right. Tyree Hill had 200 yards against us. Right. I'll take that as a badge of honor. I'm not really <laughs> going to be able to stop him. But if I can stop Travis Kelsey, that means in a game where Travis Kelsey has two catches for, like like you said, 26 yards or so. You you beat the Chiefs if that happens. You do, and Patrick Mahomes probably has a pick. Right. Which mm-hmm. gives you that opportunity to get a score up on this team. Probably def- definitely has a pick because he's trying to get to Kelsey. If he has two catches, he has like 10 targets. Right. <laughs> they're not going to stop trying to get the ball to him. The lowest output yardage-wise this year for Travis Kelsey. Denver did it. Three catches for 31 yards. Um, he had one other performance where he had eight catches for 68 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one for five catches. This is actually actually Kansas City. I forgot about this. Kansas City and Buffalo actually have already played yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 26 to 17 ended up being that final. But Buffalo, the first time, held Travis Kelsey to his third lowest output of the season, five catches, 65 yards. This is also the same guy who uh, torched our Carolina Panthers, 10 catches, 160 yards, uh, (laughs) and a touchdown. So, you know, it can go either way. But it it seems like the first time they met, that was kind of Buffalo's strategy was, let's maybe try to eliminate Kelsey and see what we can do. So a three-point favorite. Where are you leaning here? Even when they played him the first time, Josh Allen has come heels and bounce from from there even. And he was a much better player in week five Mm -hmm. than he was at all last year. 
this this should be a really fun shootout. You said the line's at three? Three. Three in favor of Kansas City. Yeah, this that should be dead on, and this should be really fun. <laughs> I hope it's dead on. Uh, Josh Allen in matchup number one, 122 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Uh, 51% completion percentage in that game. I'm going to go – I'm going to stick with Buffalo. Me too. And I'm going to say the difference in this game – is it talked about? They're not going to sign Mark Ingram, even though I think it would be great. It would be not, genius. That'd be beautiful. I don't trust Singletary. I don't trust Zach Moss. Josh Allen's rushing output has declined since his rookie year. This year, sub 500 rushing yards, which is good, but Josh Allen uh, last year was the leading rusher on that <laughs> Buffalo Bills team. I think this is the game where we see Josh Allen have one of those 65, 70-yard rushing games, and I think that ends up being the difference maker. I'm going to go Buffalo. I'm Everybody's going to pick Kansas City. I'm just simply doing it because I, I have told myself I can't pick Kansas City because that's boring. Yeah. So I'm a cheer for the dog. My girlfriend's a Bills fan. Let's go Bills Mafia. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If they win, I swear I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna bust this table. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm no, maybe not this we, table. This is my desk. But maybe I'll bring in a table. We'll we find could a table. Bust a table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if we we get this one and the Bills end up there and and then they're gonna get pick- the heartbroken by Tom Brady again. Oh, man, I don't want that story. I, I really don't want it to be the uh, LOL Tom Brady wins. Yeah. <laughs> like, ha-ha, Bill's your thought. Yeah. <laughs> and here's Tom Brady again. But, you know, we, we'll we we'll have to see, but I'm also going with going the Bills. Buffalo. Yeah. Man. All right, so you're going Packers, though. I'm going Packers. I think the Packers will get it. But I would love that Tom Brady story. I've got such high hopes for both of these games that – I mean, they're both three-point lines. They're both between excellent quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. What a crazy year. I went from calling Josh Allen a trash can that has been lit on fire and chucked off of a mountaintop. Possible. Preseason. Su- yes. And to now, it's like, Possibly I just called him MVP. an excellent quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a league MVP. Yeah. That shows what I know. <laughs> <laughs> don't think anyone saw that coming. I don't think Josh Allen saw that coming. Josh Allen is more surprised than the rest of us. (laughs) Man. Well, Vaughn, it's been fun, man. Yes, sir. I am going to do some research on Dune this weekend. Please do. I might go watch the old movie. Yeah, it'll be be fun to see what you think. It'll Mm. be exciting. All right, NFL Sunday. Coming up, championship weekend. Check them out on Twitter. V-O-N-K-252. Vonk252. More of the Sam Avila Show. Coming up, we close it down next. <laughs>